0: Thanks for tuning in to the Survival to Thrival podcast based on the book series with the same name. I'm Helen Croydon and I'm the interviewer of the biggest stars of the show, the two co-authors Tehi Norm and Bob Tinker. Tehi and Bob are a duo of investor and entrepreneur. They have a long history of working together and have written two books together aimed at founders and entrepreneurs striving to build enterprise startups. This podcast is based on the themes, advice, and real-world stories from their book series, Survival to Thrival. If you enjoy this, please like it, subscribe, or share it with your network. So in this episode, Tehi and Bob are going to share more of their wisdom from the Survival to Thrival book series. Last episode, we focused on getting your first customers. And in continuation of that theme, this episode, we have a special guest, Ashwin Ballow. He's EVP and Chief Information Officer at Medallia. Uh, now I know that Bob and you share some history, so I'm gonna hand over straight away to Bob to uh, ask you lots of questions about getting your first customer.
1: Thanks, Alan. Uh, Ashwin, great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. For the audience out there, Ashwin was one of our very early customers at Mobile Iron. Uh, he's now an old friend, and he's also someone whom, from which I learned a lot. So uh, with that, Ashwin, maybe uh, let's kick things off and just have you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, about your career, and uh, we'll go from there. Bob and TH and uh, Helen, uh, fantastic
2: to be here. Super excited about our conversations. And, and, and Bob, when you say old friends, uh, it takes us back decades. <laughs> it's going to date us some. I know. Um, as Helen mentioned, I'm currently EVP uh, and CIO at Medallia, one of the leading uh, customer and employee experience platform company. Uh, but uh, I grew up uh, in Bangalore in India, uh, was an engineer, uh, decided to come to grad school in the U.S., uh, went to the University of Maryland College Park, uh, a very proud terrapin for people who, who know what a terrapin is. Uh, it's a they- turtle. Yeah, it's a turtle. And I say, uh, no, it's not a turtle. It's a fighting turtle.
1: It's a fighting Uh, turtle. Yes, I've had this
2: discussion with you before. Uh, And and, and so I I enjoy that. And so I got the honor of getting a PhD, doing a postdoc, wanted to be uh, a professor uh, and decided to defer that. And over time, my first job after getting that technical degree was in sales and marketing. And so the question people always ask me is, you got a PhD, why did you decide to get into sales and marketing? And I told them, uh, that's an important trait that you want to learn, because technical people won't challenge technical people. You need to learn how to negotiate and to sell and build relationships. Uh, So so I started my career there, and I've had a fantastic career along every breadth of the business, Uh, ran marketing, engineering, product development, general manager, did two expat uh, assignments in, in Japan and India. And, and, and as one of the returning expats the, the role I was asked to, to take was the role of the CIO and at that time I asked the uh, asked the CEO what wrong did I do to deserve this role uh, and as, as you can imagine now I've become a two-time uh, CIO uh, and I was the first ever uh, CIO at Medallia but I, I have a passion for technology products go to market uh, and I run operations pretty well so that gives you the breadth of what I can and cannot do.
3: And Ashwin, I remember in our conversations, the other thing that I think uh is sort of unique in your background and it, it really impacts the conversation today is your empathy for founders. Because, you know, I, I think that puts you in a unique position to really to be the very first customer for startups because being a first customer is a very unnatural act, you know. <laughs> in a way, no one should be the first customer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an unnatural act uh, at teenage for the faint of heart, right? I mean, uh, for me, uh, not taking the risk is actually more risky than taking the risk. And, and the empathy really comes from, uh, uh, I was born where both my parents were entrepreneurs. So uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so uh, that I bring that empathy along. And also the fact that as a GM, uh, I was a seller, and and now I'm a buyer, and so I have empathy uh, at, to a seller as a buyer. You see, and so that very many people in in my role don't have that, right? And so uh, and 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 so my whole point is that I also live vicariously through uh, the early founders and the entrepreneurs, uh, and 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 I know that that entrepreneurs do need people like. Like me to help them along their journey. And I, like Bob said, he learned from me. I learned equally from him.
1: So maybe, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the early times that we met and sort of why you've done it with Mobile Iron and why you did it with other customers. Like, just for context, how many times have you been an early adopter customer and for what companies? Just give the audience a little bit of color on this.
2: Yeah, honestly, I have lost count. Uh, it's well over decades now that I've done that. And if I just look look back and right from the top of the, of my head, uh we were early to kind of Snowflake to ServiceNow to Kafka to Databricks to Netiza, Uh and, and so it's just a, a, an amazing number of of of, of companies. And, and and this this was done, you know, ten years ago, you know, <laughs> when when these companies were not well known as they are known today. Uh, the journey with Mobile Iron goes uh, back to 2010, Bob. Uh, I, rem- I remember that vividly uh, the, the iPad came out in April of 2010. Uh, KLA gave out 6,000 iPads in July of 2010. We rolled out Mobile Iron to every employee in August of 2010.
1: And it also terrified us at the same time because it was by far the largest deployment that we were rolling out at that time
2: yes i mean i mean so so here's the here's the issue that the, that the question posed would be a why did i go in uh and work with such an early company like mobile Lion at that time there was no other company i had a pain point i needed to solve the pain point uh there was a small company in mobile Lion that was solving that problem very early we knew the risk but the, the whole fact was there was no alternative. There was the Tina effect. And so I, I didn't want to go through the manual, use a user help desk and a contact center, put a certificate on the device uh, and all of those uh, logistical nightmares that I would have had. So it was a true pain point that I personally had, my team personally had. Uh, we intersected with, uh, with, an, with an enterprising entrepreneurial team uh, in mobile Iron, uh, and, 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 and the relationship goes now decades, as, as you can see. Would you call
3: that a, an urgent pain? You had an urgent pain at that time.
2: Absolutely, it was. It was more urgent than you guys uh, even uh, imagined. Just think about this thing: uh, six thousand devices, and 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 this was given out as a gift. So just think about the whole point that I was also trying this whole concept of of BYOD when nobody knew how to spell that concept, uh, and so we gave out a gift. And, and, and my, and my team and I wanted to use this gift to say, how can we use this as a bring your own device, uh, and be productive on this device, uh, because it was a magical device when it first came out. Right. And, and, and the problem I had is that, so if you could just imagine that would have resulted in three tickets at a minimum for, per employee. So that would have been 18,000 tickets in short order. Right. I mean, uh. Uh, so, so that, so that was the pain, uh, honestly, that we were trying to solve. I can give you guys one more, uh, one more example of a company that that I feel very strongly that that came close to, and and it was part of some of the, some of the questions you had asked me, Bob, about how I select and, and what's the criteria. And I said, you know, uh, it's it's also about having a portfolio of things and doing diverse things because uh i get easily bored and so I, I i tend to like to do multiple things at the same time and and the one company that that really uh uh excited me in in addition to mobile was a company called delphix and i was customer number one for delphix and the pain point there was people were talking about you know compute virtualization storage virtualization uh, and this was again in the 2010 time frame Uh, nobody was talking about database virtualization. And one of the biggest pain points that my organization faced is that we couldn't do multiple projects because we were constrained by the Oracle database and not have sandboxes. And what Delphix bought is the ability to expand and virtualize the database so we had an infinite number of sandboxes. So we could do an infinite number of projects. And, 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 and even, even though the application and the use case was not for this, for Delphix, they were amazed on how we were thinking about this and how they were able to pivot. And even today, when I talk to, to Jeb, their CEO, he says, nobody comes close to what you did a decade ago.
1: And if you sort of rewind to the early days, you had this urgent pain we found you, you found us and we decided to work together, but maybe could you pull up a little bit of the curtain on this one and sort of be like, how did you decide to work with mobile iron versus anybody else versus try and build it yourself? Like, could you give the audience a little bit of a sense for like what was going through your head as you were picking a vendor to solve this urgent pain and give them a little insight.
2: Yeah, I mean, my whole point is that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in being a buyer than a builder. And that's a variety of reasons from my own experiences of having built stuff. Uh, and, 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 and I've always gotten and had an affinity to buy rather than build. Uh, because I'm also about speed uh, and, and, and the larger ecosystem than when you build. Uh, when you build something you got to support it and it's limited and the resources are constrained and, and all that stuff it's it's better but but just 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 uh, double clicking a little bit, uh, the alternative was at that time uh, Blackberry had uh, the MDM solution right and, and 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 this is what I've said is a spectacular failure of Blackberry who decided that they weren't going to use their MDM on any other device than the Blackberry. Right, uh, so 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 that was the, the next best alternative, but it wasn't an alternative because we couldn't use it on iOS devices, right? And so 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 that's why uh, when we reached out uh, to 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 Mobile Iron, who was willing to, to to work on it, we knew the risks we were taking that it wasn't stable uh, at that time, uh, but nevertheless we wanted to make this thing work, and that's why we got in all in.
1: You know, iron is one of the many early vendors you've worked with. Like, if you look at some of the other startups you've chosen to work with as a first customer, like, how do you choose them? And which ones don't you choose?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's. I mean, uh, to be fair, there's a whole list. And I want to be kind of very specific as to why I picked a few of them rather than, you know, the list is very, very long. And it's not only early startups. Uh, I've been first product to, to many other companies like Cisco and and, and, and the likes, Palo Alto Networks, FireEye. I, 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 it goes through the entire gamut. But, but I pick the things for, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's my own personal curiosity uh, that I'm curious about certain things uh, that makes innovation better. And, and people think innovation should be only uh, inbound. I'm about more outbound. It gets me to a wider network. Uh, But more importantly, I bring this thing in more for my team to be innovative. And I'm passionate about the career progression of my team. So bringing in new technology develops my people and my team, Mm -hmm. and that's also important. And so when I bring in the technology, uh, this technology is not forced uh, top down by me. I open the door for somebody like a Bob Pinker to say, here is a person on my team Please work with with this person and make him the champion or her the champion so that it's not imposed top down, so that there is something in it for that person from a career progression standpoint.
1: That's really interesting because I think there's a tendency to think as a startup that when you find your first customer, it's all about the relationship with you, Ashwin. And I think what you said there was really interesting, which is the reason you do it is not for you, but you actually tie it up with one of your team members and help make them successful. How did you choose which person on your team to lead it? You know, what would be your advice for startups that are engaging with somebody like you as a first customer that you're going to then farm it out to somebody on your team to help make them the hero? Could you talk a little bit about that?
2: I mean, I think I I pay equal attention to to, to my entire org, right? So if you just take IT, for example, there's an infrastructure team, there's a business applications team, uh, there's a collaboration team, uh, there's a security team. And and, and I try to manage a more diversified portfolio that each person who's a direct report of mine has either one or two active uh, and interesting, uh, innovative companies that they're working on. Right. Uh, So I get from a top level, uh, also a diversity of things that I see. And, and, And the reason I kind of have one of my reports or someone below them even own it is that I don't want to be dragged into the operational day to day activity of it. Right. Right. Uh, and, 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 and I will be there at the higher level. I will engage with uh, with anyone on just the vision, the roadmap uh, and, and how I see things. But I don't want to be dragged into the operational nuts and bolts. At the same time,
3: I, I think what you're doing is you're creating an opportunity for the champion of this product project to become my hero. Right.
2: Yes. I mean, I also say, say, how do I go to my management and say, "Hey, I need to kind of uh, promote this person? What did this person do? Uh, And and when you say, "Hey, this is what this person did it. This is the person and this team rolled out 6,000 devices. Uh, I think this person needs to be promoted or should be rewarded or should be given a bonus or should be done. Something has to be done. Right. So I think about that more than anything else. Uh, and 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 so uh, when when they champion it, they take it to heart rather than a top down uh, dictate dictation to somebody uh, on the team, right? And so what that creates is that they get excited and then others on the team also want to participate. and therefore that cultivates a highly innovative workforce.
1: I love that, Ashwin, because one of the things Tatie and I talk a lot about is you got to be able to find the urgent pain. yes, and find potential customers who have that same urgent pain. But then the second part of it is how do you figure out how to make the customer the hero? And I think the fact that you were already thinking about that as you assigned it to somebody on your team um, is part of what made you a really great sort of early customer for us at Mobile Iron. And I think, um, you know, how do you sort of choose which vendors to work with and which vendors to not work with? Because I'm sure there's a lot of vendors that have come to you and pitched you to be a first customer that you're like,, eh, I'm not gonna work with them. Like how do you how do you choose? Yes, I
2: mean uh, th- that's a, that's a good question actually. Uh, uh, there there is a filter uh, that uh, uh, the the first kind of meeting is is not the meeting between uh, me and the founder. The first meeting will always be a meeting between uh, somebody on my team and 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 the founding uh, founders very rarely even even with mobile Line, the first first call was not between bob Tinker and, and and me it was somebody on my team who was doing the search for this acute problem that we had and then the reach out happened and and then they are the filter onto whether we should take the next step
3: You said something there that was really interesting. That your team, uh, one member in your team, was searching for it. Yes. Are are these situations like Mobile Iron and others? Is it where they contact one of your team members, or one of your team members finds this company?
2: Yes. uh, Th, uh, uh, a good question there. Uh, It's 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 basically uh, when we were early, nobody knew us, right? I mean, so we were searching. Uh, After a period of time, word got out that we got a lot of inbound and, and, and we couldn't take that inbound because we currently have that reputation among not only entrepreneurs but also VCs. VCs will say hey have you gone and checked have the people at Medallia checked you guys out or the team at KLA checked you guys out um, and, and that's the reputation that we've built. And, and that, I know that well. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 that's, and that's the reputation. It's not only me, it's the, my entire team has that reputation, right? Yep. Uh, yep. And, and, and so I've always said, you know what? The team makes me look good. Uh, and all I do is, is to give them the environment or the safe environment uh, to take the necessary risks. Uh, and and uh, honestly, uh, when we have gone all in, I cannot tell
0: you
1: one failure that we've had. Ashwin, uh, as as one of your early first customer vendors, I'm not sure I knew that all your projects had actually been successful. That's awesome. Um, Now, to be fair, it wasn't all sunshine, roses, and unicorns for us, and I'm sure with your other ones, as we were working together in the early days. Could you maybe just talk a little bit about, like, what some of the rough times have been, you know as you're working, we could talk about mobile iron or we could talk about a different one, whichever one you sort of feel most most ready to talk about
2: yeah i mean so 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 here in uh, comes my own personal experiences, right uh, I have built products, I have developed products, I've got to market with products, and I know how hard it is to build uh, products so when I and, and my team get into a venture that is that is new uh we go into this uh, eyes wide open that we are taking risks uh but we have enough confidence uh, and we get the confidence from that management team that they would work closely with us to make this thing happen fully understanding that this relationship is going to be rocky right uh so from the onset on start i make it clear that this road is not going to be perfect we are going to see hiccups but what i want from that management and founding team is a commitment that come not come anything that comes their way they are going to be all over it and so you know uh, the early entrepreneurs don't want to fail right they don't want to fail. Oh yeah,
1: no, I felt very personal about our commitment to you to make your project successful. That it it felt very personal to me. As no, well.
2: it, it is. So 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 that's the commitment is is where my relationship with that with that CEO would be. Is that I always remind people is that I don't ex, don't expect me to call you. If there is an issue, I expect you to call me.
1: Totally. And I think there's two things there that um, I think would be important for the audience. Number one is that it's not just about the product and the problem and the pain itself, that there was a personal commitment from me as CEO and AJ and Suresh as the founding team to say, hey, Ashwin, like thank you for being flexible with us, but we're going to personally commit to make you successful. Um, And we felt that. like We really felt that. Um, And the second thing that you said there, I want to highlight and double underline is that if something was not going to go well or we were struggling that you really wanted us to be honest with you and not sort of hide it or sweep it under the rug and that i think as a early entrepreneur vendor sometimes you have a tendency to say okay let's kind of sweep that under the rug and hopefully they don't find out but i think with you, one of the things we learned was like, that's definitely not the right answer. You need to be upfront, honest, and give you a heads up and make sure that we don't surprise you, even if it's with bad news. And I think those two things sometimes get lost in the early customer conversation. It tends to be about product, 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 but this personal commitment and this idea of just being honest, even if it's not going well, I think were some really key learnings for us in working with you on this. Have you ever had have you ever had an early vendor not be honest with you about some of this stuff or
2: uh, I mean, I think, you know, the, the whole point, I mean, I think what's important is that, I mean, I think we, we have a way of actually filtering and and the vetting process we have become much better at. Right. Uh, uh, so 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 my team does a good job in, in doing that early vetting before I, I get into the conversation. And I am very deliberate and I'm in your face and I'm going to tell you the mechanics of working with me uh, right up front. So so there is no kind of ambiguity that uh, uh, that that goes between me and, and the founding team or the CEO. Right. And it's reached a point now where the connections would be that uh, I don't have a relationship only with you. I would have a relationship with your board, uh, with your VC. Uh, and so you, you'll ensure that you're not going to do anything wrong. And moreover, uh, I, I can help you in many of these situations as I know your product as well as you.
1: And I remember some of those meetings vividly where you'd be giving us feedback. And what became sort of really interesting for us on this is it wasn't just about the first deployment. It wasn't just about making you successful, but we would actually call you and ask you advice because not only were you a real customer, but we found that your advice and input and sort of what we could learn from you was really helpful. So, you know, there were tough times and there were times we had really awkward conversations. But one of the things that I think I didn't appreciate going into it was that you became a teaching customer for us. That not only on the problem right in front of us, but we'd ask you about what about X? What about Y? What about Z? How do you think about this? What else is going on in your business that we could potentially help you with? And that became incredibly valuable for us. Some of the early second, third feature development that we did came from feedback from you and your team. And it was a result of sort of that relationship and that sort of candor that we had along the way. Um, doesn't mean it was always, you know, like I said, ro- you know, unicorns and roses. But for me, the big lesson there was don't think about your first customer as just the first customer. They're going to be a long-term customer that you can learn from. so, any, any advice for the startups and the founders sort of listening to this podcast about working with an Ashwin Bilal and a Medallia and working with a big early customer like yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my advice would be be very surgical about who that first customer, uh, customer is. Not every prospect is, is gonna be meant for you on your early days. Uh, I think this is a relationship Uh, that you can be both a learning and a teaching prospect or a customer. And so uh, I think one of the cardinal sins that uh, I see early entrepreneurs make is that they chase after every prospect. And and, and that, in my opinion, is wrong. Uh, You got to go look at those those kinds of prospects that are aligned to your values and can can, appreciate the pain point as you do. And also look at people, not only at, at, at the CIO level, but in the lower levels of the organization, because you can address the what is in it for me from that point of view. And so I think that's that's some of the mistakes. They think that they need to go to the CIO and have it dictated down. Uh, and, and very many times, I mean, it also depends upon the leadership of that CIO and that organization. But I can tell you from my own experiences that, uh, it's more important that there is a commitment, a relationship, uh, the ability to be empathetic. Uh, and, and those are certain values because things are going to go wrong. And when it goes wrong, uh, how's that relationship going to be? There are going to be people who have the pain point, who have the empathy uh, and who want to see you successful. And so you want to be surgical in that process. When I became CIO at, uh, at, uh, at Medallia, I was the 13th employee in it. So I had 12 help best people and, and then I was walking a CIO.
1: That's interesting how you found early products to help transform how you as an it organization evolved and supported Medallia. Like, you know, at the end of the day, those are the types of things that sort of make me as a former startup guy, like it warms our heart because it's actually customers making a difference to their team, making a difference to their organizations, making a difference to their business, like. Those types of changes—that's um, frankly why we do what we do. Ashwin, thank you. It's uh, a real pleasure to spend time with you. It's great to reconnect with you, and uh, thank you again for being one of our early customers at Mobile Iron. We never would have become who we became without you. So, thank you. No, it's always been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Survival to Thrive podcast with me, Helen Croydon, and co-authors Tehi Naam and Bob Tinker. This podcast is aimed at enterprise startup leaders. If there's someone you know who would find this podcast useful, please share it with them, subscribe, or leave a review. That's how others find us.